everyone has an idea of who Jesus is, but we want to help you know what the collection of scripture reveals about him. Right now, we are going through the Gospel of John and taking a look at what we can learn together. Join us at the metaphorical table as we get to know Jesus through the Bible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jesus Table podcast. It's so good to be able to talk about the Bible with you, Dr. Nick. And um, today we're going to continue the series on John. We're going to continue talking about the seven I am statements that are found in John. And so just a reminder, if you're jumping in for the first time here, welcome. We've covered a few big I am statements that Jesus says about himself in the book of John. Um, John liked to split things up in sevens. And the first one is that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Then he said, I am the light. And third one we saw is I am the door or I am the gate, depending on the translation. And today we're going to look at the same chapter. It was in chapter 10. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And just as a reminder, the, the words I am have a connotation of what God said about himself to Moses when Moses asked, what should we call you? And he says, I am I am. So there is a lot going on here that we've covered and we're going to continue to unpack today. Um, but today, uh, I guess to start off, Doc, I had a, we had a question that maybe we want to talk about. And in verse six in John yeah. chapter 10, it says, this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. So I get this question a lot from different people, um, a lot of youth in the youth group or even adults. I think I've had this question multiple times. Why does Jesus choose exactly. to use this figure of speech? You know, I am bread. I am light. We know this is not literal, you know, but why does uh, Jesus, you think, choose to right. teach in this manner instead of being clearly, as we would like to say, or more direct? Um, uh, what, what do you, what's your take on that, Doc? Well, you know, when we look at this verse, it, it's sort of an enigma. It really is. It's puzzling. You know, uh, you're a teacher. I'm a teacher. We go before uh, people. We teach, whether they be youth or older people, adults, uh, college students, universities, whatever the audience is. You know, as a teacher, you try to be as clear as possible. And it almost seems like, and it's not, and we'll look at that, but it almost seems like Jesus purposely wants to muddle the waters, you know, like sort of make things real tough. But uh, I think we need to really understand, well, not only this verse, but also the whole Gospel of John. And we've said this many times. Uh, mm -hmm. The Gospel of John was written, the last Gospel, we know that. Uh, it was the last of the four Gospels that was written. It was probably written about 20, 30 years after the synoptic or the first three Gospels. And uh, here we have Jesus sort of, uh, and, and it's funny because the word there, it could be translated as figure of speech, an enigma. Uh, some translations say a puzzling saying. So there's this intentionality behind this. And there it's used once or twice also in other parts of the New Testament. But I think what Jesus and John really is focusing on is trying to show 
that there are people that understand and believe, and there are others that don't. Some of them reject Jesus openly, you know, and uh, I think that all has a part to do with this verse because here you have the first six verses here where Jesus really talks about basically what we talked about last episode about him being the gate, you know, or the door. In other words, it's all about Jesus, really, when you look at it. Uh, and from here on, it's I am the good shepherd, you know. And when you look at, at, at Jesus, we understand, you know, good shepherd. Well, we go back to the Old Testament, Psalm 23, Ezekiel and different passages where it talks about leadership. Also, in Ezekiel, for example, the leaders uh, of Israel, uh, they they were to be the shepherds to take care of rather than uh, abuse the sheep to use it in a certain way. So I think John is very intentional here, but Jesus is also very intentional. And as we unpack this passage, I think it's very important that we realize, uh, you know, when it says that the hired hand came uh and the enemy came to steal and to destroy. Many times it's used by certain interpreters of scripture as that being Satan. But I think it, the, what Jesus really is saying here is talking about the religious leaders that don't recognize him, that don't understand scripture, the fulfillment of scripture in the person and work of Jesus. And that that's the whole basis of the gospel. That's what uh, John, you know, uh, why he's written all these seven I am's and the different statements because it goes back to who Jesus is. If Jesus is basically really the Messiah, the true son of God, if Jesus is really the word became flesh and dwelt among us, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, it's curious because when we look at this passage also, it's important to realize uh, that even, you know, there are moments in John that he speaks very clearly very clearly that he is the Messiah, but yet they reject him. You see this very, and you can understand this clearly in uh, the previous chapter where it talks about him being the light and the religious leaders uh, just being hateful towards Jesus and rejecting him. And here you have a blind man who supposedly is blind, but in reality, John uses that whole light thing to show us that the one that really sees is the blind man and the ones that are really blind are the religious leaders, you know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, uh, the ones that reject Jesus. So I think when when it talks about parable here, or it talks about saying Jesus and uh, John, both of them are sort of uh, speaking code, but a code that those that believe understand. Mm. But it's a code also that those that don't believe, why? Because of the hardness of heart. So uh, I don't want to sound too mystical, you know, or too mysterious, but I think it's very important in, in the argument of what John wants to present Jesus as the word fle made flesh or the Messiah. Very good. Very good. We've mentioned it before. you know, And that's that, what this whole passage is about. Yeah. <clears throat> We've mentioned before that yeah. John is, the purpose of John in chapter chapter 20 is that, that we may know him and believe in his name and have, have life in his name, right? So I think John is including this for a reason. Jesus said this for a reason. I like the few things you mentioned. So you mentioned one. Um, if I if I cover everything, let me know if, if I forget something. That yeah, you yeah. there's connection to the Old <laughs> Testament, right? Psalm twenty three, 
uh, you know, the well, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And they knew that that was referring to God himself. So Jesus saying that is saying, oh, you know how you mm -hmm. have the good shepherd and you shall not want? That he, he guides you through the valley. He's, he leads you be, uh, to still waters. He makes mm -hmm. you lie down. Well, that's me. You know, I am the good shepherd. And then there's Ezekiel 34 when it's talking right. about the religious leaders who, instead of being good shepherds, end up being more like thieves that take away from the right. sheep and seek their own will. Exactly. So, so in a sense, it's not that he's speaking mysteriously. He's just making reference to Old Testament passages. Um, that's that's really good. And then another exactly. thing you mentioned is that they um, um, they would have under they they understand this language because they all were around sheep, you know? Like, sure. Um, I think I mm -hmm. recently was around sheep for the first time in my life, actually. Um, I was uh, not too long ago recording a video for church, and there was a family that had uh, has a little has a, a bunch of sheep up up north in texas and they uh they have a little ranch up there and i went up there to record a video for church you know with people dressed as shepherds it was very interesting yeah. and they kept running away from us and i'm trying to record the sheep and they're running away and so they brought food and the sheep were able to come close and i recorded <laughs> it and i petted one and <clears throat> they're so soft and and i thought to myself wow this is my yeah. the first time in my life i'm around sheep you know i'm like 27 years old and sure. this is the first time i'm around sheep but this wouldn't have been the case for them they were around sheep all the time they were oh, around shepherds all the time so this maybe wasn't as odd or um different to them i think jesus mm. not trying to be mysterious to make it hard for people he's he's trying to use language that they would have understood that's why he says bread of life light sheep he's trying to use simple things yeah. that um to get his point across and then I love the third thing you said that ultimately those who have ears to hear will listen. You know, those who want to right. believe, those who are actually seeking God, they, they'll get it. It's not like um, he's trying to make it difficult, but there's people that just don't want to believe. They have, have a hardened heart. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have eyes to see, as Isaiah says. And, and because of that, they just won't get it, you know? Um, and so do you think it's kind of like a yeah. test in that sense, like um, to see how soft their heart is, how willing it, they are to, to, to listen and believe? I, I would I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a test. And, you know, it's a it's also not only a test, but it's a evaluation of self, I would say. Also, you know, you evaluate yourself and the measuring stick is Jesus. You know, oh, that's good. both for John and, of course, the, all the Gospels and also for us, you know, uh, sometimes you hear all sorts of different arguments about who Jesus is. You know, uh, some people say, you know, well, he's a prophet. He was a great teacher, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not enough, you know, yeah. at least according to what the New Testament and the Bible teaches, you know. Uh, and we have to be very careful with that. We must we mustn't be legalistic, you know. But at the same time, we cannot negotiate and minimize who Jesus really is, His purpose, the Savior of the world, as or the Lamb of God. You know, he, there's another metaphor that uh, John uses. You know, when in uh, John the Baptist sees Jesus, you know, he says, yeah. "Here comes the Lamb of God." Yeah. And, you know, to us, it's like 21st century people like Lamb of God. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, 
But, you know, a good first century Jew would understand that very clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, he, they would understand lamb, lamb sacrifices, the temple, mm-hmm. you know. And again, out of the mouth of John the Baptist saying or baptizer, depending on how you want to call him. But him saying, there's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I mean, it's it was an unbelievable statement. And Jews, you know. Uh, would understand that very, very clearly. Right. You know, they would understand the Yom Kippur, the whole ritual behind the temple, uh, the job of the uh, high priest, I mean, the sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. So again, Jesus is right. using a metaphor or, or a saying that people would be, they, they would understand. Now, for us, like I said before, it would be very difficult, you know, if somebody calls me the Lamb of God or, you know, you the Lamb of God or anyone the Lamb of God. It's like, what are you talking about? Or yeah. even Jesus, you know, because yeah. we don't have that background. We don't have that cultural distinction, you know, that helps us understand those things. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Okay, so follow-up question to that. <clears throat> Since we now we can kind of understand a little bit more what he means yeah. by this figure of speech. Um he talks about, obviously, the, what we're talking about is in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good yeah. shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. But he contrasts that with the thief. In verse 10, he says, um, the thief comes right. only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the yeah. sheep. So um, I think we've talked about this um, when we talked about the, the whole uh, discourse here in John chapter t- 10 previously, yeah. but I don't know if you wanted to kind of tie this in um, a little bit more of what, who is he contrasting with the good shepherd and the thief? Cause I've heard it referred yeah. to as Satan and, um, yeah. and then what's right. the figure of speech in this, you know, um, the, the allegory, right. uh, if you will. Yeah. Well, I think we have to look at that that verse that you just uh, cited, but also the two verses that go after verse 11, 12 and 13. Because Jesus contrasts also, he says, he who is a hired hand, verse 12, and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters the flock. Verse 13, he flees because he is a hired hand and does not care. I think that that's very important mm. about the sheep. And then again, he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. So I think he's speaking here of leaders, leadership, and those that are hirelings. And we know this in ministry, and I don't want to be misinterpreted, or, and I don't want people to misinterpret what we're saying here. But tragically, in leadership, in church leadership, uh, and secular, all kinds of leadership. There are people that are uh, self-serving, you know, that are, it, it's all about them. Uh, they really look at it as a job. And let's talk about ministry, you know. Uh, many, not many, but a number of leaders in ministry, uh, they're in it for to see what they can get. Their notoriety. Uh, and other things. And we've seen this over the years, you know, and I'm not finger pointing at anyone here, but I I think this is what Jesus is really getting to. He's saying there are people out there that are like hired hands, that they don't care. 
you know, they're in it for, he doesn't say this exactly, but I think the sense is there. Uh, he's, they do it for the notoriety. They knew it for the money. They do it for the pride, et cetera, et cetera. But, and the word that Jesus uses here, care, that's what it's really about. Jesus is saying him as the shepherd, he cares for the people. And we see how in chapter 9 and other uh, parts of John, uh, it talks about caring, you know, that mm. the leaders didn't care for the people. They just wanted their own fame, their own power. And it's curious, it just comes to mind now uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, I think it's the end of verse 9. I mean, chapter nine, excuse me, the last uh, maybe verses 35, 36, 37. If you don't mind getting to that, looking at that, mm-hmm. but chapter, yeah, chapter nine, the last three, four verses and just reading that, because I think we can tie that along these lines here too. Yeah. He says, Jesus, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. Like you said, the caring. Because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord or ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So I think there's a link between that, to be very honest with you. Uh, Because there are leaders that they just, you know, they really don't care. And there are others that, I mean, believe me, I know many godly men and women that really care for the people, have sacrificed, they continue to sacrifice and do the Lord's work in the harvest. But I think that's part of the contrast of what uh, John wants to teach us here, not only in this passage, but also wants to show, show us how Jesus really does care, how he really is compassionate. And I think what, what you also read about knowing his voice, you know, uh, that's another thing because uh, obviously the some of the religious leaders didn't know the voice of Jesus. Uh, they weren't willing to admit who he was and what he came to do. So uh, again, it's a matter of the heart of believing who Jesus said he was, but also what scripture teaches. And that's why, Elliot, uh, I think we're so committed, both you, myself, and the others that cooperate and help us to bring this podcast that we really want people to know scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not infallible, but uh, we do try our best to search the scriptures, uh, to really see what scripture teaches, and to have people also have that zeal, that passion for scripture. Because uh, there, there are a lot of people out there that are, are hired hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast and <clears throat> maybe you're on leadership at a church or a ministry, um, whether mm-hmm. that's paid staff or you're a volunteer, even if you think you're not, you know, you're just, I'm just serving with the kids or I'm wherever it is. I think we all have this responsibility to have the heart of Jesus for people. You know, it's, we can be hard on the Pharisees here mm-hmm. and say, oh, they were just evil. But unfortunately it's human (laughs) tendency to just seek our own benefit you know if to seek our own pleasure our own uh good and i love that that you're pointing to jesus here the reason he says i'm the good shepherd he says because the good shepherd gives up his life for the sheep and in the matthew passage you said he he had compassion on them and saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd always before any miracle that jesus does 
maybe not always, but I feel like most of the time before he does a miracle, he says he was mm-hmm. moved with yeah. compassion. He, uh, you know, or something along those lines where you see the heart of Jesus that fuels his actions. Um, and I think that's what we're called to do as well. Right. Um, obviously, Jesus is the only one that does this perfectly. And no matter what church you go to, there's going to be leaders that fail. Um, that's just human, you know, uh, you know, life because we're not perfect. Yeah. We're we're all imperfectly following a perfect Messiah. But we should strive to have the same heart of Jesus. And um, it reminds me of the end of John um, the, where Peter, you know, this is after he's denied Jesus and three times and jesus oh, that's right yeah yeah after the after the cross after the resurrection peter had run away because he realized that he had denied jesus three times um even though he said he wouldn't i just i love this story because i just feel like peter sometimes you know like i failed jesus like oh no i'm not worthy and jesus goes to him i and, messed up yeah i messed up you know and and jesus goes to him and uh and john 21 verse uh 15 mm-hmm. <clears throat> it says this jesus goes to him and says so when they had finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these he said yes lord you know that i love you he said to him tend my lambs he said to him a second time again simon son of john do you love me he said to him yes lord you know that i love you he said to him shepherd my sheep He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. I love that because Jesus still says, it's my sheep. You know, he's saying, it's not saying they're your sheep. Good luck, bro. You know, he's saying, it's my sheep. But he's (laughs) he's asking Peter, will you tend them? Will you shepherd them? Will you come alongside me and let me do this even through you? As Because Jesus is still the good shepherd. Today, you know, we're all exactly. sheep. Even if you have a pastor wherever you go, he's still a sheep. And Jesus is the shepherd ultimately. But we're kind of invited right. to, to have the same compassion, the same care that you mentioned that Jesus had. And, and be Jesus to those around us and have his same heart for his people. Um, and exactly. come alongside the good shepherd, you know? That's it. No, very good. You know, that's a good passage because, again, uh, what, what basically Jesus is telling Peter, you know, uh, is, hey, you messed up. He doesn't say it in those words, but <laughs> it, you could tell by the reaction yeah. of Peter, you know, they you messed know. up. But he's <laughs> overlooking that in the sense, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not... Oh, did that really happen? Or was it a dream? I mean, they both know the situation. Yeah. But we see how J- Jesus just very tenderly hmm. reaches out to Peter. And, uh, you know, the third time when he's, when it says that Peter felt sad, you know, but Jesus did not finger point at him. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. He restored him. And of course, we see, you know, through the book of Acts, how God used uh, Peter tremendously, especially in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two in the uh, first chapters, tremendously uh, because he was restored. And I think it, it really speaks to us also as Jesus, the good shepherd, uh, that he is also the God who restores. Uh, he yeah. tends to his sheep. He cares for his sheep. Uh, he walks with his sheep. 
but his sheep need to listen to his voice. Obviously, Peter uh, messed up and didn't listen to his voice, you know, but after that, he did listen to him and follow Jesus. And just as we, you know, it's using the words of Paul as he follows Jesus uh, for others to imitate him. It's the same for us. You know, we need to follow Jesus, have that caring love uh, of a shepherd, but at the same time to be able to have others follow us or imitate us as we imitate Jesus. That's good. So uh, again, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think if, if we look at the light of other scriptures, we can understand again what we started in verse six, you know, the whole mystery behind using parables or something that sounds a little mysterious for us, especially mm-hmm. in the 21st century, understand that uh, it's, it's, it's about really following Jesus and who Jesus, the biblical Jesus really is. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, is there any passages particular you wanted to, to show us like what that also uses that word, for example, of a figure of speech or, um, allegory or something like that well i think in, in also in second peter 2 two twenty two, it's another context but the same exact word is used there you know so this was a style that was common or that jesus had used you know uh so it's very important for us to if you want to read uh what is it second peter two twenty two. okay and i remember that because of all the twos <laughs> two 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 <clears throat> Okay, yeah, Second Peter yeah. 2, 22 says, um, or is it? There we go. It has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit. Proverb, exactly. And a so after washing returns yeah. to, wa- to wallowing in the mire. So the word is the same exact word, and it can be a proverb. And if it okay. is a proverb, let's say, because some translations use either parable, some use proverb. Proverbs usually in a culture are things that we all know, you know, that we're familiar with. If somebody says a proverb, yeah. you say, oh, yeah, I can identify to that. Right. So uh, this was a way of Jesus communicating. So now this this has been good. And I think I hope and pray that many of our listeners really take seriously the word of God. And uh, if you don't, uh, there are many tools out there. We encourage you. Uh, there are many videos there, you know, Spotify, et cetera, many programs, good, healthy programs where you can learn more and more. Because, again, it's it's the word of God that guides us. It is our anchor uh, every in everyday life. So, that's good. I mean, I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you, Doc. And even for this, you know proverb figure of speech like you know we all know the early bird gets the worm you know it's something that everyone knows yeah. so to think about That's it right. that way yeah, yeah like uh yeah. jesus was using language that they it's knew. good yeah um he's not trying to be you know playing hard right. to get or hard to find he's he's there and if he actually promises <laughs> that if we yeah. seek him we will find him and so um that's the heart of the good shepherd exactly that's the heart of the gospel so thank you so much doc uh again enjoy so much our conversations i hope this blesses all of you who are uh listening thank you so much for your support and for sharing this um please leave a comment leave a review we would love to get some feedback from all of you as we continue our deep dive into john and we'll see you in our next episode as we can now cover the 
next, which is it, it'll be the fifth, the fifth I am statement found in John. Fifth. Yes. Thank you so much, Doc. God bless you. Okay. Blessings, Elliot. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Table podcast. We pray that these conversations are a blessing for anyone seeking to know who Jesus is and for those seeking to know him even more.